From your local Houston BMW Center studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth, joined by my partner in crime here, Uncle Funky Larry Jones. How you doing, Unky? KG, good to be with you another Sunday morning, man. Yeah, it is. And and, I, and I'm glad to have this uh, bright light that is on the other line. You're going to feel her energy. Uh-huh. She is a, an author, uh, an, an author consultant, um, a beauty consultant, and she is the founder and CEO of Prevention Zone Inc. Excuse me, Prevention Zone Inc. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a lady with a vision of change and greatness, Daphne Priscilla Brown Jack. Good morning and yes. welcome. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're doing well, ma'am. Thank you. Yeah. Happy you're here. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Indeed. So uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I'm a native Houstonian. Um, graduated from Lamar High School, I probably say. Um, Texas Southern grad and master's program. Um I'm, I have a nonprofit certification from Texas A&M, and I'm a mom. I have four kids, um, well, four adult kids, I could say now. We had two to graduate, um, one from college, TSU, and the other is graduating from high school. So everybody is almost fully educated. And um, I'm a wife. I have a husband. Been married 31 years. And um, not to I'm mention, I, I I forgot to mention <laughs> that you're a retired parole officer and private investigator. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I do a host of stuff <laughs> as well as I have a podcast as well called If Emmett Was Alive Today podcast. Uh, I love If Emmett Was Alive Today podcast. Yes. Check that out. As in Emmett yes. Teal. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was an idea given to me by my oldest daughter. Um, it was during the time when um, when they see us was coming out. And she said, Mom, why don't you do a podcast? And I was like, girl, I don't have time for that. She <laughs> said, no, you can do one about wrongful conviction. She said, and we can call it If Emmett Was Alive Today podcast. And I said, oh, wow. Okay. And so my vision was to interview um people who have been exonerated. And so I was able to interview Anthony Graves. He's local here. And um, and I went to Dallas back in 2019 and was able to interview Christopher Scott. Amazing mm-hmm. stories, yeah. amazing stories. Before we get into it, um, do you think that, um, oh, why is that little boy, why did he just... Um, Move from my brain. Um, Cleveland shot playing outside with the toy gun. Oh, at the uh, gazebo. Yeah. Um, I, I know the gentleman. I can't yeah, but well, I, I don't know why I'm, I'm coming up short. Having a brain freeze. Too. Yes, yes. Do you believe when when I look at Tamir Rice? There you go. When I that's it, Tamir Rice. When yes. I see Tamir Rice, <laughs> mm-hmm. I see Emmett Teal, and I wonder if Emmett was Tamir. Just, you know, back again because they look strikingly alike as young kids. It's you know just, what? That is true. 
That is so true. I never thought about that. Just how young, and how do you keep repeating? Maybe you had another assignment, didn't you know? And Matil Young, Tamir Rice. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, it's, it's just food yeah. for thought, though. It, yeah, uh, it's good. That's good, KG. <laughs> that is good. Um, have to check that out. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what would you like us to call you, Mrs. Brown Jack? Um, call Delphine? me Daphne. 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 Okay. Daphne. Or you can use the house name Priscilla. That's that's the family name. Y'all can say Priscilla too. <laughs> Either one. And see, that's, that's old school family right there, boss. <laughs> there are not too many Priscillas walking around these days. Uh, no, no. And, and that's a strong family name, too. I, I, I love yes. it. I love it. Thank I, you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, well, even though we're family, I'm going to respect your family because I'm sure the people that know you know you call you Priscilla. So, uh, yeah, Daphne, you, you yes, have this incredible no um, organization, um, yes. Prevention Zone. Tell us, tell us mm-hmm. about that and the work that you do with that. Okay, Um, so being a parole officer, I was starting to come encounter with guys who said that they did not commit their crimes. And so um, me thinking law enforcement, if you went to prison, you did a crime, period. And so the guy, this particular guy, one day, you know, he said, um, I asked him, I said, why did you do this? And he was like, Ms. Jack, Honestly, I didn't commit my crime. I was like, yes, you did, because you went to prison. And so he went on to explain how he went to prison. He had to take a plea bargain, which is a bad word in my vocabulary mm-hmm. for some cases. And so I began to start researching wrongful convictions and not knowing some years later that I would be faced personally with the loved one who was wrongfully accused. So that's why you got to be careful how you treat people. And so long story short, fast forward, I just became fascinated with um, wrongfully convictions. And I started looking up people. And then, of course, I did see Emmett Till. And um, in 2017, I have a son Well, he was still young. I got with him and his friends, and we started meeting with with the parents, keeping them focused, talking to them about the criminal justice system. And so while doing all of that, I'm like, you know what? I can help someone, especially the people who have been wrongfully convicted, because the guys that come out on parole, they automatically come out. They get $50 before they leave the unit, $50 when they come to the office. Then they have to go into the reentry program and all the referrals and and everything that they need to reintegrate back into society successfully. But when you get an an exoneree, when they're exonerated, they give them all of their personal belongings, 10, 20, 30 years, and tell them goodbye. And so I started again to research to find out why these guys are not assisted like the guys that are coming out of prison on parole. And um, there's not really an answer for it, but I wanted to be the person of change to, to solve that problem. And so with that, I created Prevention Zones. And we provide resources. Our goal is to provide resources for the exonerees mm-hmm. and the immediate family. 
Um, we provide resources for the children with incarcerated parents. And then the other group with my son that's called Young People Gathering, um, we see these kids as children who are not quote unquote at risk. And so because we're looking on the outside, looking in, looking at, oh, look at the perfect family. They have their mom, dad, and everything looks good. But not knowing that the kids that have a whole family or a strong single parent, they have issues too. So to me, all kids are at risk. And as I stated earlier, we start, um, they're called, again, young people gathering, and we meet with them and we kept them on a positive role. And some of the kids who joined up with us at this time, we'll be celebrating them because they are graduating from high school. And so that's how Prevention Zone got started. Ms. Daphne, how, uh, this is Larry. In, in 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 all of your um, your talks and your training sessions and and going out and about, how much peer pressure does uh, is is put upon these young men to maybe uh, I hate using the word or term dumb down, but but they they lower right. their terms on expectations so they can fit in with the crowd. Um, you know, you, you're bullied because you're the smart kid. You're bullied because mm-hmm. uh, you don't wear the latest whatever. You're bullied because you don't sag your pants halfway down to the mm-hmm. ground. And mm-hmm. and so a, a young man being pushed to be a part of, uh, and he finally gives in to that crowd, mm-hmm. the, that starts him on a road down he shouldn't go? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and I'm speaking from um, experience because my son just turned 18. And so he, you know, he know his mom is crazy. So he know not to do that. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but he, he, you know, I would have conversations with him and I would ask him those same questions. And so he would respond back, mama, I'm not stupid. I don't want to do that. I want to do, because I always tell a child, do you enjoy life? Do you enjoy having money, traveling and doing things? And this was some of the things that we would tell our young people gathering and letting them see the positive things and the positive things in life. And so I am so godly um, grateful because the fact that the kids that we were able to deal with since they were like in the ninth grade, and now they're graduating. And all of those kids, I know my son has a 4.2 GPA, Good getting ready man. to go to U of H, playing football. He's doing a walk-on, but that's that was his choice, and we will be moving him out. <laughs> He's not going to be here at all. <laughs> but um, just to all of those kids that had those similar challenges, we were able to keep them focused on the good things. And we use the Positive Youth Development Program, which is which is through um, youth.gov. And so we didn't have to reinvent a wheel of trying to get a curriculum for them. It's already there. So we just use some of those things. And, and um, But to answer your question again, yes, they are faced with those challenges mm-hmm. big time. Ms. Daphne, yes. early in the conversation, you said mm-hmm. you're a native Houstonian, and just now yes. you said you know your mama's crazy. So I have to ask, where did yes. you grow up? I grew up so I was born in Fifth Ward I knew on it. Coke Street. I knew it. <laughs> and then 
then we moved to Sunnyside. I knew it. <clears throat> um, right when um, the new houses was built over there um, by Woodson mm-hmm. Junior High School used to be called. Yep. We live right down the street. Matter of fact, I passed by the house the other day, um, leaving my nephew's funeral. And um, and so then we moved to Windsor Village. Okay. I was zoned to Madison, but mom wanted us to be in the quote-unquote good school. So she put us on the M&M transfer, if you remember that name. Yeah, I do. I <laughs> and do. we went to Lamar. I went to Lamar High School, and um, that's where I graduated from. But, you know, she was very particular with us. And I'm a preacher's kid, so. Ooh, uh, you had it all. <laughs> that is a lot. <laughs> yeah, that, that discipline. But my, my wife is from Fifth Ward, and when you said, you know your mom is crazy, I have heard her say that Well, and to, to her, her kids before we married. Um, uh-huh. she, that was, that was, that was, and not only would she say it, but her, uh-huh. the, the friends of the kids would say, boy, you know, your mama crazy. Don't do that. Yep. We can't do that. Your mama, <laughs> man, she going to kill us. <laughs> yep. That's but how my kids know me. <laughs> it, 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 it takes the disciplinary and it, and it takes a balance, but it, it it's just Absolutely. good to know that that kind of tough love has mm-hmm. led you not only to a, a beautiful life with your husband and happy Father's Day to yes. him, uh, mm-hmm. but you're proud of your sons and 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 your family's doing well, mm-hmm. and and you've got them prepared to do good stuff, and we're we're thankful Absolutely. for you. We're thankful to Absolutely. you, indeed. I'm Absolutely. I'm more anxious to know more about uh, young people gathering because that mm-hmm. that sounds uh, that sounds amazing. Uh, formerly known yeah. as Young Men Gathering, and then you all changed the name to Young yeah, People Gathering. Yeah, we changed gathering. the name um, when we started out we started again with my son his friends and their parents and pretty much almost all of them were football players and um so um so we just started meeting with them and so one of my nieces who have teenage daughters she said amy she said i have these girls over here you know you need to meet with them too and so i was like okay so um 2018 i believe it was we changed the name to young people gathering and so of course my other friends who had or who have teenage daughters we finally started meeting we had um judge ramona franklin to come in and speak to them we had an attorney to come in and speak we had um a student that graduated from pv um he was on his way to pilot school and so we just had a mixture of um telling them all the good things that they can do without having to go down the road of getting in trouble. And I am a firm believer of in spite of your environment, you can still be the one that makes the change. In other words, old saying break the generational curse. And so that's, that's what (laughs) young people gathering is all about. I love that. Man, um, I, I have you all um, started back, you know, assembling and doing things in the community um, since things have kind of opened up um, since the shutdown due to COVID? Well, yeah, we were able to do an event with the um, youth um, back in May, I think it was. It was Spring Fling and it was with oh, okay. um, one of the Chicago Bears football player. Ah, goodness gracious, I can't think of his name. They're going to be mad because I don't remember the name. But anyway. Oh, the Angelo Blackson Foundation. Yes, yes, yes. 
that was our first outing since the pandemic. And um, so hopefully so with my son going to, going away, um, just going over there to U of H to live, I can still reach out to the kids who haven't graduated, which is a good number of them. And, and we'll probably start doing some things. Um, <laughs> I remember one of the projects we had them to do was to go and play bingo with the senior citizens. And so when I told them what we were going to be doing, my son was like, Mama, I don't want to go play no bingo with senior citizens. <laughs> <laughs> and then what but, happened in the end? At, he ended up having a ball, at, didn't he? Yeah, they had a blast because, you know, senior citizens are so dear. I didn't hear you. What you say? What's that number again? <laughs> and so that would tickle them. And, <laughs> and so we had had a good time with, with that event. So those are the type of things that we're instilling in the children to love everybody and be kind, you know. That's what it's and about. So, yeah. That's exactly what it's about. Um, wh- where can people get more information on both Prevention Zone and uh, Young People Gathering? Um, you can go to www.preventionzoneinc.org. And you can go in and um, check out our website. And if you want to get in contact with us, you can subscribe and send your information in. Or you can send us an email at info at preventionzoneinc.org. Ms. Stephanie, I, I, I can't tell you enough how much this means to our podcast and, and oh, for wow. you to come on. Uh, because we, we, we talk with a lot of uh, young men who are incarcerated, they, they write uh-huh. to us weekly. Uh-huh. <laughs> they do. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, it's like, Unc, I, I didn't do it. I'm, I'm, you know, and, and we want to encourage oh, wow. them. Yeah. To, to, to stay positive and continue to seek. So in, in our closing minutes, Ms. Stephanie, uh-huh. for the young men who have been wrongly accused, what's your best advice to them? My best advice, to them is to stick to your truth. If you didn't do it, you hold on. If it means that you wind up doing a trial, getting convicted, there's always the Innocence Project and so many other um, um, avenues out there to where you can start having your case investigated, but hold to your truth. Don't take the plea bargain if you didn't do it. And we will Don't leave it, take it. We will leave it right there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. KG, the, the organization, please. Yes. Uh, for more information on Prevention Zone, just go to preventionzoneinc.org. That's preventionzoneinc.org. So let us know if your son makes a team at U of H. We'll be, we'll be rooting for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity. And for everyone listening to the podcast, we'll be right back after this. From your local Houston BMW Center studios, welcome back to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth. Uncle Funky Larry Jones will be uh, joining us in just a little bit. But June, June is CPR Awareness Month, and heart attacks are the leading killer of men and women. And in the U.S., uh, someone has a heart attack every 40 seconds. So if your loved one stopped breathing uh, because of a heart attack, maybe near drowning or any other reason uh, would you know what to do in those first critical moments before uh, 911 gets there 
Well, today we have a special guest uh, who is a volunteer with the American Heart Association. She found herself in that exact situation. So please welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, um, Ganesha Collins. How you doing? Good morning. Hi, good morning. Well, thank you uh, so much uh, for being here. Um, thank you for having me. Uh, no problem. So... So you were um, out for a jog one day. This was last summer. And your husband went into cardiac arrest. Uh, can you tell us about that? Tell us that story and, and about that experience. Yes. So um, it was a typical um, afternoon. It was uh, July 27th. We were out for a jog. Um, we were finishing up a two-mile run, and um, we sat at the park bench. My husband sat down, and I stood behind him stretching. And then my husband just fell face forward in the dirt, hit the ground, out. Um, I rush around the bench. Um, I lay him flat. I'm not understanding what's going on. I'm a little panicky. Um, because we were out on a jog and I had my wireless headphones on, I was able to pretty quickly call 911. Um, she asks a series of questions, um, and then she prompts me um, into performing CPR. Luckily, she did that um, because um, it allowed me to think about the training that I had that I received at school um, in CPR. And I was able to immediately perform CPR, hands-only hands CPR, um, while she was on the phone kind of coaching me um, through it. And so I was able to do that until um, the police arrived first on the scene, and he immediately took over with the chest compressions um, until the paramedics arrived um, and where they um, had to shock my husband's heart three times because he didn't have a heartbeat, he didn't have a pulse, and he was no longer breathing. Mm. I can only, no, no, I'm lying. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine being uh, in that situation. Um, your first reaction, did you, were you calm during um, that experience? Like just, tra like your brain immediately went to, you know, uh, solutions or um, were you a little panicky? How how were you in the moment? That's a really good question. And I was a wreck. I I had the sense to call 911. That was my first reaction. I also knew to lay him flat. But while I was on the call, I was kind of yelling at the operator, hurry, I don't know what's going on. And she's like, calm, like explaining, asking me to explain, what am I seeing? What is he doing? Tell, tell me the number of times you hear him breathing. And as she's answer, asking me these questions, she came up with the conclusion that he was having cardiac arrest. When she told me, you're going to have to give CPR, then I immediately became calm because I remembered the training and I knew what I had to do. What's interesting is she started, she explained what to do, which reminded me, right, 
but she also started counting because um, you're supposed to do 100, um, I guess, pumps per minute. And she started counting, but I didn't, I ignored her counting over the phone. And I just started singing the BG song, Staying Alive. Mm-hmm. And that song, as you sing it, that's helping you with the rhythm of the beats. So I actually started singing the song over her counting. Even though I was singing, she still was counting, but I kind of ignored her counting and just was started singing because that's how I was trained. Um, they actually played the song over the loudspeakers while we practiced on um, the mannequins um, during the training. Wow. So you actually had some CPR uh, training um, through hands-on. Mm-hmm. Hands-on. Mm-hmm. That uh, is amazing. And um, just it was just recently that um, Governor Greg Abbott uh, had signed into law um, requiring a tele-CPR training uh, in Texas. Did you know that? Yes. So I didn't know it at the time, which kind of makes sense of how the 911 operator was immediately able to not only understand that my husband was going, having a cardiac arrest in that moment, but for her to to tell me that I had to do CPR and to walk me through the steps. Um, Because I had training with, um, because I work at a school and so um, the American Heart Association sponsored a training for all of the teachers. Um, it allowed me to just remember immediately that training. But even if I didn't have the training, the, tel- the tele-CPR, um, the 911 operator was able to pretty much coach through what needed to be done. And, hmm. and so luckily both, both her on the phone and me already having the training um, <laughs> just helped in that in those critical first minutes before the paramedics arrived. How long ago did you um, have the training? Was it something that you know that was recent, or you had it done a long time ago, and then it just you know with yeah. you being on with the nine one one operator, like it all came back to you? Yes, good question. So a lot of us have had training kind of when we were in high school, um, and the new training, I have probably had it maybe six to eight months before um, the oh, incident okay. happened with my husband. Okay. Um, so it was pretty fresh in my mind. Um, so I was able to Indeed. do it. Yes, absolutely. Man, that, that that's wild. Um, that is just, <laughs> that is just wild. I, 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 I it sounds like a movie, you know, it's, it, it literally sounds like the opening to a movie. Beautiful couple jogging in the park and then the husband goes down and the wife turns around like, oh, my God. And he's he's having cardiac arrest. And then you with your superwoman powers, your cool, calm and collectedness, you call 911 um, they, they talk you through the, the CPR, which you had already had some training from hands-on CPR, and uh, you're able to help resuscitate your husband. I mean, that is uh, wow! How do you you should be proud of yourself? How did you? I mean, well, <laughs> that's, that's wild. Well, that, what's that, that's awesome. 
Well, what's interesting is that the time, to be fair, you know, it's it's connected to trauma, right? You you see your husband, and and you don't. You, you, there's so much uncertainty. He was completely unresponsive. He um, ended up slipping into a coma for a week, um, and there was just so so much uncertainty. Certainty, and it wasn't until really months later after the fact um, that I actually realized what I had done. Um, the the paramedics and the police officer. Um, when they came on the scene and saw that I was doing CPR, they actually told me, they were like, you probably saved his life, right? And so it, it, it just didn't dawn on me. And so at the time, in the moment, while the trauma is happening, I'm just kind of, in a way, following orders and kind of doing that. But what I kind of want to have listeners understand is that a lot of times we – panic and we freeze and not understand that we could do something. And so a lot of times we're waiting for others to react or waiting for the paramedics to come. And sometimes CPR can be intimidating. Am I going to push in the wrong spot? Am I going to hurt them? Um, And something is, is like better than nothing. And so I guess what I want people to walk away with is don't be intimidated everyone should learn CPR. Um, If you don't have a class to go to, go online. There's so many videos to just kind of show the technique. Just the whole purpose is to just be confident in that moment because a lot of times when we are panicky and something's happening, whether it's to a loved one or just kind of a a random stranger, we have a tendency to either fight, flight, or freeze. Mm -hmm. So the key is to be confident. And if you're confident in understanding the method, the proper method of CPR, then you can kind of snap out of it and actually save someone's life or at least try, right, Um, and give that person their best shot. Yes, indeed. You're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. We're talking to Ganesha Collins, a volunteer with the American Heart Association. Uh, Ganesha saved her husband's life when he collapsed of a heart attack while jogging last year. And she had recently uh, been trained by hands-on CPR and the 911 operator who answered her call uh, had been trained on tele-CPR. And um, Ganesha is, is here and uh that's the story man yeah that's I mean, a just, great story yeah man she, she just kept kept it together till you know uh they got there and um well miss wow. collins this this is larry and uh first of all I, I was listening with a lot of compassion to your story um what a, what a heroic thing for you to do um but i am curious to find out did you ever learn what the cause of his his heart troubles were and has he fully recuperated Yes, thank you for asking. Um, First, I want to just thank all of the doctors and nurses at um, Memorial Hermann for the amazing care. Um, As you know, last summer we were in the midst of COVID, and so um, I I wasn't able to go to the hospital. And so a lot of, of the communications, all of the communications, as a matter of fact, had to be by phone, and, and I just kind of had to trust of what was happening because I was unable to be there. But um, five years prior, um, when my husband was 44, he had a minor heart attack where they put a stent, um, you know, kind of the routine stent to open up the artery. Um, and that stent actually clotted. Wow. 
and when it clotted, it stopped the oxygen in the blood um, to the brain, and that's what caused the collapse. And so um, after his uh, weak um, coma, um, three days later, they performed um, open-heart surgery where they did a double bypass. And so now he um, he says he has a new heart. <laughs> and yeah. so he has more energy. We continue to work out. And he's, he's steady, steadily recovering, and, and he's actually doing a lot better. So good. thank you for asking. Good, good, good. KG, I'm surprised you haven't shared your story. Um, yeah, um, I, I guess I figured I'd get around to it uh, eventually. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I, and I have congenital heart disease. Um, I had open heart surgery when I was five years old, um, had a hole in my heart. They, uh, back then, you know, when I had surgery, they, they were still using chainsaws to, so they cut me open with a chainsaw, <laughs> you know, and, um, and, and patched up the hole with a Decrom patch. Um, and so, you know, growing up, I couldn't do <laughs> couldn't do anything. I really I couldn't play any sports, uh, anything. There was discoloration in my lips and kind of in my face. Have, and you, have, have you had any trouble since then? No. Okay. No. Um, I'm good. Uh, it's been a while since I've had uh, an echocardiogram. Last time I had an echo was in, I was doing radio in Cleveland. So that was 04. Well, I, and I have, he I showed have, me the procedure. He I have like, a physician for you. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, yeah. Dr. Uh, Christopher Wynn. He's excellent. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll talk, we'll talk about, about that. that. I'm just, yeah. But it's just interesting yeah, it's to hear her story mm-hmm. and, and sitting beside uh, one of the brightest stars in the entertainment world and to share your story because we're all relating to the heart. And these are things folk have to know or should know or be aware of, I think. Yeah. Um, you got to pay attention um, to your heart because there's so many. And, 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 and heart disease is the number one yeah. cause of death, you know, among um, melanated dominant people. Um, and so there, there's something to say, uh, about that. And I think that we can all just start small with mm, drinking water. Oh, absolutely. And then maybe, you know, move on to walking and, you know, if not jogging. For, for me, Ms. Collins, the, I mean, the, the upside to COVID was a lot of, meditation a lot of personal time a lot of examining body mind spirit soul the whole nine yards that I kind of took for granted I knew a lot of people did who never ever ever went to the doctor never ever ever had a cardiogram never ever ever thought about it uh, until they had this 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 downtime and like you mentioned there are so many videos on on the procedures and and things we can learn that are actually helpful. Um, so I, I just find your work and the Heart Association's work absolutely commendable. And CPR is 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 a necessary. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a nice tool to have in your toolbox. In, indeed. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm seeing how 70% of out-of-hospital cardiac arrest happens in homes, mm-hmm. which means if you are you know, called to give CPR in an emergency, you'll most likely be trying to save someone's life. Absolutely. You know? So, uh, yeah, it definitely yeah. Yeah. is one. Um, yeah. uh, with hands-on CPR, I know that you got your training with, um, you know, the school that you work at. Where can other people um, get hands-on CPR training from? 
Is there like an instructional video or specific virtual classes that um, the American Heart Association or, or any organization may be doing? Yes, um, that's a good question. So I would start first with looking at some videos. But if you go to heart.org, if I'm not mistaken, um, there are some um, resources where not only are there um, actual face-to-face classes, but there's also some virtual opportunities as well um, to help people kind of go through the steps of of hands-only CPR. Um, What's kind of interesting is many of us probably have had training like when we were in high school, which for some of us are, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. And CPR has been updated since then. And so a lot of people can say, well, I had it in high school and I'm fine. 